The following podcast is a serialization from a live presentation on the commentary of Imam Nawawi's 40 Hadith by Hafi Sha'ban for the weekly live learning show on Inspire FM. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Qayyumas Samawati Wal Ardeen, Mudabbir Al Khalaik Ajma'een. بعث الرسل صلواته وسلامه عليهم أجمعين إلى المكلفين لهدايتهم وبيان شرائع الدين بدلائل القطعية وواضحات البراحين أحمده على جميع نعمه وأسأله المزيد من فضله وكرمه وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الواحد القهار الكريم الغفار وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله وحبيبه وخليله أفضل المخلوقين المكرم بالقرآن العزيز المعجزة المستمرة على تعاقب السنين وبالسنن المستنيرة للمسترشدين المخصوص بجوامع الكلم وسماحة الدين صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى سائر النبيين وآل كل وسائر الصالحين رب شح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الوقت من لسان يفقه قولي رب زلني علما اللهم انفعني بما علمتني وعلمني ما ينفعني وزدني علما الحمد لله على كل حال وأعوذ بالله من حال أهل النار اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الأربع من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشى ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن دعاء لا يسمع Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu I start by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala All praise, glory be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The Lord of the the, the worlds uh, The one who has established the, the heavens and the earth The one who uh, has sent the, the messengers May the peace and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Be upon all of them with the, with the clear proofs the clear evidences uh, and with the clear explanations so that the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is clear for humanity. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send his salutations upon his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who was sent with the, with the, with the miracle, uh, with the everlasting miracle that would continue throughout the, the years and the generations and the decades and that is the Quran al-Kareem. Uh, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to also send his salutations upon his family and all and his companions and all those who follow uh, him until the yawm al-qiyamah and that is the translation of the opening uh, words in Arabic and also we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for sincerity we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us ikhlas to give us sincerity to make our efforts and our endeavors purely for his sake for his, to seek his pleasure to seek his countenance inshallah ta'ala and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove from our hearts and our minds and our souls anything which defects us from you know making our effort purely for his sake and only for his sake with those opening words you know, uh, welcome to the weekly live learning show with me Hafi Shaban every Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. 01582481822 is the number here in the studio 0777948822 as always broadcasting live from Inspire FM studios on 105.1 FM and broadcasting nationally via uh, the other uh, mediums including sister stations and the Inspire FM app. Inshallah we will be continuing with our uh, journey through uh, the Arba'in An-Nawi, Imam An-Nawi's 40 Hadith and I want to try to see if I can conclude uh, our discussion on the first Hadith إِنَّمَا الْعَمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ مَا نَوَى فَمَنْ كَانَتْ حِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَحِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَمَنْ كَانَتْ حِجْرَتُهُ لِدُنْيَا يُصِيبُهَا أَوْ إِمْرَأَةٍ يَنْكِيهُهَا فَحِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى مَا هَاجِرَ إِلَيْهِ And we've been discussing over almost four weeks, I would say, this particular hadith. And we've gone through a lot of detail uh, from setting the, the context of uh, Imam Anawi, his book, his him as an author, his uh, political, social context at uh, his time, in terms of the background to this particular you know, uh, genre of 40 hadith. Uh, then we started looking at the, the, the book itself, uh, Arba'in al-Nawi, and then we started to look at the first hadith, uh, 
uh, is classification. We looked at uh, what some of the scholars have said with regards to the hadith and its significance and its impact. And its impact. We looked at the importance of this particular hadith for all of us because it's uh, under it underpins everything and all of our actions. Right? It's a very very profound, a very very significant hadith that we all need to not only memorize but really absorb its uh, its meaning. Right? Absorb its meaning into our into our lives practically what that means is absorbing the meaning of this hadith in all of our actions and that's what we're going to be discussing today and then we've also discussed and and had a technical discussion in terms of what is intention what is meant by intention you know what are the detailed shari meanings the literal meaning of intention place of intention and we've looked at you know the 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 scope uh, and and the boundary and and uh, the definition of of action of intention sorry versus the actions and then also we touched upon uh, what are the aspects that are necessary for us to make our intentions very clear for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept them, right? So very quickly we discussed how it is uh, mandatory on us to make, you know, uh, an intention when it comes to, for example, ablution, ghusl, uh, you know, salah, zakah, fasting, uh, pilgrimage, uh, you know, and, and other acts of worship, and that should be very clear. But very quick recap, uh, you know, today, you know, it was Thursday, and many of us would have been fasting, right? What is the difference between someone who intends to fast on a Thursday because it's the Sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam versus someone who just had such a busy day he wasn't able to eat until four o'clock, and therefore midway he decides that he's going to fast, or in fact he doesn't he doesn't make that intention and he's hungry and thirsty the whole day and doesn't eat until five o'clock right so what is the difference between the one who awakes and takes a shower because he's customarily accustomed to showering before he goes to work versus the one who actually intends to f to shower because it's Juma, Yom al Juma, and therefore seeks the reward and earns the reward of following the Sunnah of the, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And likewise, in terms of giving charity, giving zakah, you know, all of these necessitate and, and and require for us to make an intention for them to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa taala. So that's that's very very important that that's clear in our minds. And the intention, as we've said previously, is not you don't have to. It doesn't have to be a verbal intention that I am about to intend. You know, you know that in intention we said and I'm not going to repeat it's in the heart is is the resolve the determination that exists in the heart that drives one to perform a particular action right and then we also looked at how subhanallah there could be a, an action and, and this hadith uh, again lends itself to so many lessons that we can derive from it but how we can see uh, a same action be, being performed by different people and it is possible for one to be rewarded, one to be punished for the same action. It is also possible for someone to be performing the same in action with someone else, but actually he has more than one intention and therefore receives more than one reward, whereas the other just receives the, the single reward. And the, the and the answer to this question is in, in is in the example that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave in in the hadith. I either that two people are making the same action, are performing the same action of hijrah, but one is doing it for the sake of Allah and the other is doing it for the sake of marriage, for the sake of the dunya, for the sake of the worldly, for the sake of the world, right? So it's 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 like someone who you know migrates to Pakistan or migrates to a Muslim land, which which will probably amount to a lot of inconvenience and trouble but he's doing it for the sake of of the deen he's doing it for the sake of a, a still a better society in terms of islam morality ethics values you know principles and therefore you know he he makes that conscious decision versus someone who migrates to dubai for materialistic benefit or to the gulf for the sake of a job right so the one is migrating for the sake of the dunya in terms of a, a job or a, or a profession and the other is migrating and he's gonna on the face of it he's gonna be facing a lot of hardship because that's the nature of that society but he's doing it primarily because of the like i said as, as, as the deen being a major consideration so a lot of these uh, you know elements we, we've discussed and i want to you know try to fast track the conversation today with a a couple of additional points to this particular hadith and that is with regards to intention uh, and action right so i i may have touched upon this previously but i just want to elaborate slightly that is the, the hadith also is clarifying not only intention but also the action and, and we're going to discuss how the action the intention has to be good and pure 
and, and sincere but also the action has to also be in conformity with Islam otherwise you know it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't have much of a merit right uh, and then we'll discuss how actions therefore you know necessitate knowledge knowledge right so how can you do an action which is good without knowledge you must have knowledge right so you can see how these principles tie each other together and then I want to discuss inshallah sincerity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because all of these actions have to be underpinned by sincerity and that is what is you know doing, doing an action for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so let's see let's see if we can get through that in in today's uh, conversation so intentions uh, are good but action right action is also has to be in line with uh, with with the intention the hadith clearly demonstrates that the in, in fact even let's look at this uh, ayah from the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, mentions فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُو لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُو لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ And he whosoever hopes, desires the meeting with his creator فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا Let him then engage and let him conduct uh, and let him you know you know work righteously right righteous righteous let it let him work righteously right let him you know you know let him do actions which are uh, which are righteous and let him not associate any partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here the scholars would uh, and would emphasize, and Ibn al-Qayyum, for example, uh, commenting on this verse says that this is the reference, this is the reference to only type of action that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts, right? Where the deed has to be, the action has to be in accordance with the sunnah of, of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa And done for solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu so you see here the two, two, two prerequisites, right? Two elements or two components of the equation that they are done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they must be done in accordance with the sunnah of the messenger of Allah, of, 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 of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa Now this is very, very important. Intention is for the sake of Allah and the action is in conformity with the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Hold on to that, right? And then we also find that there's intention, but there's no action to achieve the result. And that's also, not, you, you know, really, uh, you know, I was going to say, it's also, very, it's, it's also in, incomplete. It's also incomplete. And that is no real intention. And that is what we talk about lip service. But the, really, there's no resolve that exists in the heart. Right? Both things we need to understand very clearly. Right? So, for example, someone who takes something, right, that doesn't belong to him, but gives it to the poor. Right now, his intention may be to give it to the poor, but you've taken something that doesn't belong to you, right? Uh, and and many times I'm gonna try to give you examples that exist on our streets, right? That you talk to some people and you talk to them about humbleness or shyness or the hijab, or, or and, and people say that well the hijab is in the heart, hijab is in the heart, modesty is in the heart, right? Well, hang on. Here, the hijab is a well-defined principle and, and uh, you know, and uh, a concept which is very clear in the sunnah and the, and the definition in, and, and the ayats of the Qur'an in terms of what it means. So you can't give an abstract definition of hijab and modesty being in the heart. Modesty and hijab are very well-defined in Islam and therefore you can't give it your own interpretation. Right, you can't pursue marriage via a mean by via a haram means. You can't use interest-based mortgages to earn a halal livelihood. Right, so you're going to be earning a, a halal livelihood. That's the intention, but you're using a means which Islam doesn't allow. You can't you you can't engage in interest-based mortgages. Right, you can't earn a livelihood by doing a haram job. Right, earning a livelihood. Yep, it's good. Good intention good you know you're setting out to do something which is good but you can't take the means which are haram which are not allowed by islam and therefore they're not in in contradiction with the sunnah right you're giving da'wah yeah bro i was giving him da'wah yeah but i'm in an in, in environment i mean I'm, I'm in a nightclub well you're not in a nightclub giving da'wah right or you're not in an environment where which is you know surrounded by intoxicated intoxicated individuals whether it's through alcohol whether it's through other substances etc etc right i intend to go for hajj but but uh, you know the the uh, but i haven't been called i haven't been summoned 
but yet you've never taken any action. You haven't, you know, taken your passport and given it to the, you know, the travel agent. You haven't put down a deposit. In fact, you haven't even got a passport, and you say, "I'm intending to make Hajj," but my, you know, my, my turn hasn't, my so-called turn hasn't come about. Right? You intend to do good deeds, but you don't actually follow up with the action, etc., etc. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can think of many such examples where. Intentions may be good, but the actions are not in line with Islam. Or there's an intention, or at least we rhetorically say there's an intention, but there's no action which underpins that particular verbal statement to allow us to achieve the result. And in, in, in which case, both of these are, are not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why the scholars here, they discuss something very, very important. How do you know something is right? How do you know I'm, I'm about to do a good deed? How do you know I'm about to do a good deed? How do you know this is a good deed? How do you know this is something that Allah and His Messenger like and, and it's praiseworthy and I can expect the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Well, then the scholars say, therefore, this necessitates and this points towards that we must have the knowledge must have knowledge. The hadith points out the importance of knowledge before acting. Right? The, this is very, very important point. It, for actions, we must have the knowledge. The hadith clearly demonstrates that a Muslim must have knowledge before acting. A, a person must have the intention to do an act which is proper and permissible. However, he cannot have such an intention unless he first knows that the act is proper or permissible. Right? So this is very, very important. And you can see how now these three components all pull together. Intention, and action, and knowledge. Right? It is the knowledge that will define and very clearly spell out to an individual whether something is you know, allowed or not allowed. And also whether this is contravening uh, the, the shara of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or whether it's in compl uh, compliance. Right, so subhanAllah, let me uh, also read down, okay, what, what does he say? There are two components for every deed, the deed itself and the motive or the intention behind it. Both of them must be proper and correct. It is not sufficient for the motive to be pure and then the deed itself not to be correct according to the Sharia and that's exactly what we've said earlier. So subhanAllah, let me just, re let me just repeat that to make sure so that's very clear, inshallah, intention, action and having the knowledge of uh, having the knowledge also in, in, in the first place, right? And that being a prerequisite. A lot of the times we fall into this, you know, into this problem where we actually engage in action without knowledge, right? And that is why we, you know, how can you expect the, the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It's almost as if we're acting in ignorance, right? In, in, in Without the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how can it be falyaman amalan saliha? In fact, one of the scholars he was is discussing and commenting on Amala. And here again, when they, when they give when he gives the commentary on this particular ayah, again they mention the same thing that there is action which are pure, done for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and they are pure pure meaning that they are done in compliance with uh, the 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 ahkam of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the Sharia of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, following the Sunnah of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And we will come on to that later because I have a couple of notes that I want to discuss that later on, inshallah. So uh, th that's one of the points that I wanted to clarify inshallah I'm conscious that we're going to be ending the first half of the show very very soon And then I also want to then bring that conversation straight into sincerity right Sincerity which is something ikhlas something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right And this actually questions you know uh, our action it questions our motivation it questions our behavior it questions our emotions it qu questions our sentiments and where is the sincerity in in our actions very clear allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wa ma umiru illa liya'budu allah mukhlisina lahuddin hunafa'u yaqimu as-salata wa yu'tu az-zakata wa dhalika din al-qayyimah and we and you know and they the people were commanding not uh, they were commanding nothing but that they should worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone that they should worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone purely for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purely worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and establish the prayer and the pay the zakah 
and give uh, and pay the zakah and uh, to zakah and that is the, the right uh, deen right? purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says uh, we discussed the ayah earlier Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said inna Allah la yanzuru ila suwarikum وأموالكم ولكن ينظر إلى قلوبكم وأعمالكم. Right. So very very uh, powerful hadith recorded by Muslim. Very Allah subhanahu wa taala does not look at your shape, at your shapes or your wealth. In Allah la yanzu ila swarikum. It doesn't look at your face or your your actions وأموالكم or your wealth. ولكن ينظر إلى قلوبكم. But rather he looks to to your hearts وأعمالكم and to your actions. And it's interesting here in the hadith of the Rasulullah صلى الله عليه how the hearts came before the actions the hearts became before the action and that is the point in here that is what is it that you intend for through your action what is it that you uh, aim through your action and and this is going to be a key discussion that we'll have in the next couple of minutes and we'll continue inshallah and that's uh, ikhlas and that is the concept of ikhlas, sincerity, you know, in, in niya, in, in, in sincerity in our niya, doing something for the, solely for, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قُلْ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَنُسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ That say, uh, you know, verily that my, my prayer and my fasting and my, you know, charity and, 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 and my living and my dying, all is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is having ikhlas for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I, I, I may have touched upon this previously but we'll discuss it inshallah in, uh, in the next few minutes before we go into commercial break and we'll come back and we'll continue to discuss it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only accepts the deeds that are done only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in accordance with his sharia right and this is so so important subhanallah and that is why previously i've discussed purely for myself first and foremost right to remind myself what is the purpose of what is the driving what is the driver behind you know the action right that i'm engaged in why am i doing such an action right well, am i doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is my heart pure for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala am i seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala oh, am i sh- uh, seeking fame am i seeking popularism am i seeking fame am i seeking you know a material reward am i seeking you know whatever it is right anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that deed is wasted and subhanallah astaghfirullah Astaghfirullah, you know, you, you, you don't want to find yourself in a circumstance where you, you, you think that you've accumulated all of these deeds. But our, our intentions, right, behind driving those deeds are, are polluted. And we're going to be discussing, you know, you know, as we continue in terms of sincerity, how our intentions very, very easily can become polluted, right? We start off an action and our intention is already polluted. Or we're engaged in an action, we're doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but then later it becomes polluted because of the waswas of shaitan, because of the, the, the whims and the desires that creep into our hearts and into our minds. And shaitan, he puts in those whispers in our hearts and our minds. And there's a very, very famous example of Umar ibn Khattab, right? Even the Sahaba, anhum, how many examples do we have of the Sahaba who are doing something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this thought creeps into their hearts and into their minds and they stop the action or they rebuke themselves or they rebuttal themselves or they correct themselves and they had self you know a heightened sense and a very sensitive you know you know self-rectification and self you know rebuttal and the self you know repraisal almost mechanism conscious within the sahaba and that is something that you know becomes desensitized in us as individuals as human beings because we live in a society which is about self-glorification which is about self-gratification which is about seeking so many other values and principles you know values other than the the pleasure of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Right, and therefore, you know, keeping your hearts, your minds purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be very difficult, very difficult. Right, and that is why, subhanallah, we need to look at what are the, some of the ways and means by which we can achieve that. Right, and uh, c- constantly re- reminding ourselves 
constantly reminding ourselves, purifying our actions, you know, in, in questioning why we're about to engage in a particular, you know, action, you know, reminding ourselves that we, we you know, it's, it's purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, these are very, very important you know, checkpoints to ensure that we're doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if something else is creeping in, we try to, we try to cleanse that inshallah ta'ala. Alright, it should be also realized that any deed that is not done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is very, very scary. Very, very scary. Right, we're going to come back to this conversation about sincerity in our... Uh, in our intentions, inshallah ta'ala, I, I think there's also been maybe one or two comments, question marks, inshallah ta'ala. I'll see if I can take those questions uh, whilst I am in the second half of the show, inshallah ta'ala. I'll try to see if I can respond to those questions. Uh, but just a reminder, you are with me, uh, Hafi Shaban, on the weekly live learning show every Thursday from 7 p.m. Uh, to 8 p.m. Uh, broadcasting live from the Inspire FM uh, Luton Studios, inshallah ta'ala, 01582481822 is the number here in the studio, 0779481822 uh, is uh, the number for your social media messages, inshallah ta'ala. We'll be back in a couple of minutes when we come back from the commercial break. We are discussing Anawi's Arba'in Hadith and, and the first Hadith, I'm going to try to conclude that today. If not next week, inshallah ta'ala, we're talking about sincerity, ikhlas and intention, inshallah ta'ala. And we'll continue discussing that in the second half of the show. Until then, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Alhamdulillah, salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to uh, week, the weekly live learning show with me, Hafi Shaban on Inspire FM 105.1 FM. Uh, just before we went away on the commercial break, to the commercial break, uh, I was discussing uh, sincerity, sincerity in in, in the niya, uh, right? Sincerity niya uh, and in ikhlas, you know, uh, th- these are almost uh, synonymous, almost synonymous, e- meaning that they really couple, you know, and you know, couple and linked very intrinsically in terms of the action. Uh, the thought behind the uh, the action or the the intent behind the action and and you know why are we doing that particular action inshallah ta'ala. Uh, during the commercial break i got a i got a sms message from uh, ana i won't necessarily read out the names i'm not sure if you want me to read out the names or not but the question was in reference to uh, maybe a comment that i made in the first half of the show with regards to how the intention and the action have to comply with uh, the shara' of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So one can have an intention to do something good, but he may embark upon a way or a method which is not sanctioned by uh, the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And therefore that, that, that action would be void. That action would be void. And actually the questioner and the question is, uh, is it's, it's, uh, I was going to say it's a controversial one, but it's not really controversial. Uh, and it, and the question has been asked, uh, you know, with all due respect to ANA, Alhamdulillah, you know, we can ask the question as many times as we like, and and everyone has the right to ask the question, and we should ask the question. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But just for the public consumption, many many times, and most of the scholars, if not majority, of the scholars will give the same answer. But I am aware of, you know, uh, there is a handful who give an alternative answer, and hence the question. And and the question is actually with regards to conventional. Uh, interest-based mortgages, right? Uh, and whether that, that is something that is permissible or not permissible, to, for example, I, I, w- I was referencing it in my in my discussion with regards to, you know, you know, getting an interest-based, you know, conventional mortgage to finance one's business, right? Or to finance a property or to finance a number of properties because, you know, you're in a buy-to-let uh, you know, trade, right? Uh, and I know many people who do that, or, or some people that will do that. But of course, there is now the Islamic finance that is an option that is available, and that is what you should be, you know, pursuing because that is obviously at least been sanctioned by the scholars to say that is Islamically compliant, right? Uh, with regards to the conventional mortgage, I mean, you know, there's a hadith in the Arba'in and now we, and we're going to come on to that later. But Subhanallah, when Allah, when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Inna al-halal bayinu wa inna al-haram bayinu wa bayna huma umur." 
الناس. And then there's another hadith that we're going to come on to later, which is about you know the the halal is that which you know your conscience and your heart is satisfied by it, is appeased by it, is is tranquil by it. Right, and 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 the and the and the haram and 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 the thing that is wrong is that which, even though you have fatwas um, by a number of different scholars and maulanas, you know deep down that that is wrong. You know deep down that is wrong, and your heart is never content and and never never satisfied, even though people may rubber stamp that. And I think conventional mortgages for me falls into that category where a few will you know rubber stamp it and, and give it a seal of approval for apparent. You know, necessity of buying the first house, but majority of scholars out there will tell you that it is definitely, definitely not allowed. It, it, it doesn't. It's not uh, uh, in compliance with the Sharia of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and the and, and the rule on riba is very, very clear, categorical. Inshallah, I hope that answers your question. Uh, but of course, I mean, I refer to uh, the local ulama, uh, local scholars, and always, you know, pursue the the evidence. Always pursue the evidence. I think that's a general good principle: is ask for evidence. You know. You, Saying necessity or saying, well, I ain't got an option or you know other things. I, I, they're not evidences. The evidence is something from you know the leel is from the Quran or from the Sunnah or from the Ijma Sahaba or, or from Qiyas based upon that. Inshallah, those are the principles that you take for when it comes to evidences. All right, so trust that takes that uh, that question and Jazakallah here for ANA for, for, for that particular question. Any other questions? 0158248182077948182. We are discussing intention. We're discussing, uh, I, I believe to be a very complicated subject and it can be, there, there could be a lot of permeations in terms of this particular question's intention. I'm not trying to address every permeation that can arise from this particular hadith. I'm trying to reflect upon the general lessons that we're taking away from it, some of the key principles that we can establish some of the reminders for myself and for yourself understanding the prof the profound nature of uh, of intentions in, in and, and niya you know not having an intention niya you know you could be performing also praying you could be giving zakah you could be doing so many things and not earning the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likewise we could be wasting our actions uh, something that I, I, I reflect upon how many of our from our community right are engaged in giving and taking right are engaged in you know you know actions of kinship right uh, whether it's attending a marriage whether it's you know are you going to a, a funeral whether it's uh, you know uh, you know uh, you know going and visiting someone frequenting and, and visiting someone whether it's offering gifts or whether it's taking gifts whether it's offering help whether it's giving charity all of these actions in our daily lives that we're engaged in our day-to-day -day action in our lives. I want you to think about this question. All of these actions, what underpins these actions? Wallahi, it is scary, very scary. But from my extended family, I can tell you what underpins these actions. It's not sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's doing it for the sake of people. It's doing it for the sake of, you know, uh, you know, for, for what the community or what the people might say. It's doing it because of the sake of tradition, custom, right? And the evidence of that, the evidence of that is very, very simple. The evidence for that is very, very simple. All it takes is a small test. Small litmus test and you can see whether we're doing these actions for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or for the sake of tradition, for the sake of the fact that he came to my house, I'm going to go to his house. He gave me a gift, I'm going to give him a gift. He came to my bereavement, I'm going to go to his bereavement. He came to my wedding, I'm going to go to his wedding. And as soon as that cycle is broken, immediately the reciprocation stops. Which therefore tells you that that action in itself was not linked to sincerity in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's linked to something very fragile. It's linked to very something very hollow. Right? All it takes is for a small so-called narazgi. So-called narazgi. And everything stops. The good deeds stop. The visiting stops. The maintaining of blood stops. The maintaining of kinship stops. The maintaining of gifts stops. The, 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 the attending of bereavement stops. The offering of condolences stops. The offer, even to the extent which is fard, which is to say salamu alaikum to a fellow Muslim, it stops. Everything is stopped. Well, you refuse to go to his wedding. You refuse to go to the family weddings. You refuse to maintain kinship. Why does all of that break? And the whole family... Depending on how jahil we are, 
the whole family, the brothers, the sisters, the son-in-laws, we will all become and we will all take a stance based upon jahli and not based upon Islam. And that is the point here. Where is the sincerity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Where is the action for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And what worries me, what worries me is that we do the giving and the taking. We do the, we do the, the smiles and the coming and the goings from our homes. We do the condolences and we do the bereavements and we do the exchanging of the gifts and we do everything. And then we go and we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we realize and we are told that all of those actions were not done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all of those actions are rejected. And there is no reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you went to their house because they came to your house. You got what you, you intended. You got what you intended. And that is why when, someone, when one of the Sahaba, he came... He came to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with regards to maintaining kinship. Maintaining kinship. And he had a very, very challenging scenario. And he would go to a family member's home. And that family member would cut, cut him off. Would not engage with him. Would not interact with him. And would be very, very cold to the extent that the, maintaining the, 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 the relationships was becoming so difficult. And when he asked for the Messenger of Allah sallallahu for guidance, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu said, that is maintaining kinship. That is maintaining ties of blood. Maintaining ties of blood. Maintaining ties of kinship is not, that person comes to my house, so I go to his house. That person comes to my weddings, I go to their weddings. He comes to my bereavements, I go to his bereavements. That is easy. Easy. Anyone can do that. Everyone does that. The real challenge and the real definition is when things are not going your way. Right? And that is sincerity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is where we find ourselves extremely lacking. And that is the thing that really, really scares me. Right? Really, really scares me. And I ask, you know, the, uh, the community who are listening and, and myself that, that, are, that, that are listening to these very same words to reminisce. And, and to remind ourselves that you know, if we're doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then surely that should be the motivator, right? When it becomes very difficult and things do become difficult, someone attacks you, someone defames you, someone dishonors you, someone makes an allegation against you, someone makes a remark against you, someone calls you arrogant, someone calls you rude, someone, you know, says something derogatory to you, uh, prof uh, you know, uses some profanity against you and, in and does injustice against you and he shouldn't have done injustice against you. Two days, two days of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "You must, you know, return to terms of communication with that person, individual. Overlook the matter. Difficult, but that is what we're told. We must do it. If we're doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa taala, that is what pushes you. What I always try to remind myself, I try to remind my mother, I try to remind my, you know, family members around me is, do it for the sake of your grave." You're doing it for the sake of your grave. And when you're doing it for the sake of your grave, you're in need of those, of those good deeds. You're in need of that goodness. You're in need of any scrap of good deed that you can accumulate. And you never know what is that is going to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and really liked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why one of the scholars said, subhanAllah, there may be a very, very small deed, but it's great in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and is loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there may be a major deed. Someone might come and donate a million pounds, a million pounds to a particular charity. And he finds, and, and, and you find on Yom Al-Qiyamah, his reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is zero. Zero. We know these examples. Why is that? Is because maybe his intention was not for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why I'm trying to really emphasize this sincerity, this knee and, and the knee and the ikhlas element that our, we need to be motivated for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any other motivation, any other reasoning behind it would deem our actions void and null in the, in the, eye, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why uh, Ibn uh, Ajlan said, A deed is not useful unless it is accompanied by three things. Awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the intention, sound intention, and the correctness of the deed. See, correctness of the deed, intention, 
correctness of the deed and awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right and Ibn Hazm he stated intention intention is the secret of the servitude and its spirit its place with respect to deeds is like the soul now look at the look, look at the analogy by Ibn Hazm is like the soul with respect to the body what is the body without the soul we know it. that's death that's a dead body a mat you know mayit right a body without a soul and Ibn Hazm he gives the analogy that the action without the intention, a sound intention is like the, 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 the body without the soul. Fantastic example, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He did not create the jinn and the insan except that they worship me. Now this is very, very, very profound. Worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it becomes... Worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're not referring to just the, the five daily salahs here, is all our actions which are done in compliance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? When they're done in compliance with the shara of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you do them consciously, then your entire life and your entire actions become ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the ultimate level, ultimate level of consciousness, right? Uh, ultimate level of consciousness is when all of your actions all of your actions are in conformity okay and are being done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I had a fast, fantastic quote let me see if I can if I can find this brilliant quote inshallah ta'ala and if I can great and if I can't uh, then when I do find it I will I will reference it inshallah ta'ala in fact here we go in Al-Madarij uh, Al-Salikin, Ibn Al-Qayyum, he states that the most exclusive group of people, now this, this is incredible, I want you to really think, uh, reflect upon this. The most exclusive group of people who get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those who change the nature of their permissible deeds into acts of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want you to listen to this and then explain it. Right? So Ibn al-Qayyim he says that the most exclusive, the you know, the highest level of the of people are the ones who get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those people who change the nature of the ordinary permissible deeds into acts of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The customary mundane deeds of those people who truly know Allah are acts of worship for them while the ritual acts of worship are customary deeds for the masses now what he's saying here is profound what he's saying here is that when you connect the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all of your deeds all of your deeds you change the nature of permissible deeds into acts of obedience into acts of ibadat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore how does your eating of fish and chips or your eating of the biryani or the you know you're going to the gym or you're going for the the swim right or you're going out with your family or you're spending in the way of you're spending on your family right any action take any action in your life and these actions may well be mubah actions mubah actions and technically jurists when they're defining mubah actions they said the actions which are the sharia allowed and there's no reward in the action there's no punishment in the action the jurists they give a very technical definition and the ulama they discuss that right and they then expand upon that so you got the jury's technical explanation of the mubah actions and then you got the actions then you got the explanation and the you know by the scholars who say uh, in this particular case ibn al-qayyim who says even those permissible actions, you know, you can be gaining reward from those actions, right? When you change the nature, how do you change the nature of them? By your intention, your approach towards those actions. When you approach the, you know, health and fitness with a view of, you know, amana of the body, with a view of keeping fit, with a view of an active person is a lively person and he can then feed back and then input back into the community, into good deeds. It becomes worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you're eating fit and healthy, when you're eating with that which is good, and you're eating from the pure, your intention is to eat from the pure because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made that halal for you, ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you eat it with the intention, this is what will give you the energy to allow you to perform the good deeds, ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is how you transform all of your actions. And in fact, the scholars, when they're discussing this, and subhanAllah, it's amazing, is they want us to become cognizant, cognizant, conscious of our actions, of all our actions. 
and our intentions so that we can we can associate intention with all of our actions and remember actions we're not talking about here we're talking about our hearts we're talking about what is in our hearts our you know and, and purifying that for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and training all of those actions into something that will become uh, an element of ibadat and it will be something that will be rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right so that that's very very important here for us to reflect upon that particular point. Couple a couple of more points, inshallah, ta'ala, before we go into uh, we come towards the end of the show. When I was talking about uh, actions, uh, we're talking about intentions, and intentions, have to, uh, you know, has to be purely for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. One finds, you know, like I said, it's not a black and white subject. It's not a black and white subject. You know, that's it. I, I intended. We know that we, you know our intentions become. You know, scrappy. They become polluted. They become corrupted. Uh, we we know, Subhanallah. You know that we. You know, even when we're praying to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, we're thinking about work. We're thinking about so many things that you know, even our actions are so defunct and, and so deficient. Where we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to overlook our mistakes and our and our major mistakes, even in our obligations, right? And therefore, even in our intentions, our intentions become mixed. I'm praying for the sake of Allah. I'm extending my prayer. I'm reading audibly. I'm reciting the Quran al Karim. I'm, I'm doing a good action. I'm doing something. And you know what? It becomes public knowledge. Or you know what? Someone sees it. Or you know what? Someone praises you. Or you know what? It big and, and so on and so forth. And that is when, that is when now it's suddenly there's a danger of that action, right? Becoming corrupted or the intention becoming corrupted. Right, and this is why you know we need to be very, very careful. And, and this culture of announcements and public declarations of giving or, and and you know uh, you know charity donations, we need to be very, very careful. And I'm one of those who definitely advocates, you know, being extremely not only cautious but avoiding all of that you know ostentatious you know behavior. Because subhanAllah, it corrupts an individual, it corrupts our hearts, it corrupts our minds. And it's, you know, it is not favorable in this society, in this modern day and age, when this society is all about, you know, you know it's, it's all about self-glorification, self-gratification, it's all about publicity, it's all about marketing, it's all about, you know, me being there, out there, and having a name, having an image, you know, getting it announced, things announced, and without things being announced, you know, where where is where is the element of being driven by the 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 pure sincerity and the pure values of of Islam? The pure values of Islam are doing it for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And whenever you do something, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sees. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala rewards. And that's what we find. That is the values of Islam. That Islam pushes you do something, and you do good. And you expect the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The reward is not from this dunya. Whereas this society, it pushes a completely different spectrum. It pushes, you know, that you're doing something, you're doing it for the sake of, you know, acknowledgement. You're doing it for the sake of merit. You're doing it for the sake of promotion. You're doing it for the sake of the pat on the back. You're doing it for the sake of, you know, announcements. You know, people should know you should be social. You're putting it on social media. You should be advertising it. You should be known for, and so on and so forth. It completely corrupts and pollutes the soul, the heart, the mind, and ultimately the action. Our intentions become become mixed. That's just normal. That's just natural. That's part of human, uh, you know, uh, 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 composition. It's a part of how Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has put Shaitan there as a test and trial. What is important is when the intentions become mixed. I, I'm doing something for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, but then these thoughts creep into me. Is to purify them and to stop them and to not allow them to harbor and try to push them back and uh, and and you know co consciously. And remind yourself that I'm doing this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And wallahi, I'm not going to say you stop the good action. You stop the good action, right? You do the action because otherwise shaitan, he, he wins. You know, and sometimes people might, you know, be, you know, you know almost, you know, uh, you know, you know, almost pushed into this thing. You know, I'm not doing a good deed because, you know, I, I don't have the correct intention, right? I mean, that shouldn't be a, a source of preventing good deeds. It should be a means of you continuing the good deeds, but you purify your intentions. And there's plenty of ways of purifying and, you know, clar and clearing your intention. And that is very 
practical and, and, and something that we need we, we need to do when the, our intention we realize that I was doing something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I and I realized that you know what you know this uh, uh, this corruption or in terms of thinking in terms of you know uh, intention has has crept into me can a, a person control his intention of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even Allah Ghazali uh, Imam Ghazali he wrote about this and he wrote about a, a, a particular he had a particular view and then other scholars they disagreed with uh, other scholars disagree with uh, with the view of Allah Ghazali but you should know that you know that of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has you know given man the ability Ability to choose has given the, uh, the the man the ability to decide. You know, uh, you know what you know path he takes, what decisions he makes, what actions he takes, and therefore Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has allowed the insan to control his thinking, all right, to control his intention, to make his intention for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, or to make it for, for any other purpose, right? So it's not something that is out of our control. If it was not in our control, then there would be no reward and uh, question of reward and punishment, right? The question of reward and punishment is linked to accountability is linked to the ability that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given right so this is very very important uh, so intention is something that is uh, controllable is within the ability of the man and therefore he says the person has the ability to define his intention to direct it and to make himself pure in the same way that he has the ability to turn his intention away from what he is what he is legally not supposed to do right so just like you can turn away from uh, haram you can also turn towards good inshallah right so we're going to come to end of the show inshallah a couple of final points that we will probably just wrap up in the next show inshallah about you know how we practically work on one's heart in terms of you know purifying it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how we also cleanse it from the society and the influences of society uh, which pushes us in the opposite direction to the values of Islam and then we will conclude uh, this first hadith with, with a wrap up inshallah ta'ala and then we will move on to hadith 2 of Arba'in and Nawi I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that anything good is from uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and any mistakes and any shortcomings any deficiencies are from me and from shaitan and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me for any of my uh, any of my oversights. Uh, inshallah ta'ala do stay in touch uh, next week when we will continue to uh, wrap up this uh, first hadith of Arba'in and Nawi and then inshallah ta'ala after five weeks of discussing this hadith one we will move on to second hadith in, uh, in the Arba'in and Nawi's collection inshallah ta'ala do send in your thoughts your feedback any questions 0779481822 uh, 01582481822 is the number here in the studio inshallah ta'ala aqul uh, li hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li walidayya wa li walidaykum fastaghfiruhu innahu lafur rahim until next week assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh thank you for listening to our podcast why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton